The Beyond the Game program is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. Joe Pollock covers Baltimore sports for both the Russell Street Report and the Utah Street Report. He's been a broadcaster and Christian radio for many years and a very entertaining game day Twitter follow, I might add. He joins us here on Beyond the Game. Good to have you on the program, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Rick, thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it. You cover the Baltimore Ravens, and they finished 5-11, and but that was a team that I had penciled in for the Super Bowl at the start of the season. And by the way, me and a lot of other people, what went wrong there this year? A lot of people had them in, not just you. Uh, if you look back on ESPN's uh, quote-unquote experts, at the beginning of the year, 11 of those experts picked the Ravens to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So a lot of people very high on the Ravens. Obviously, since uh, since the year 2000, they've been one of those perennial winners, just like the New England Patriots and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, teams like that. So uh, this year, it just wasn't meant to be. I think the NFL happened. Literally, there's teams that you never thought would win, that every year they come up and you go, wow, I didn't think they'd be over 500, and they are. So I think, number one, the NFL happened. There were good teams this year that we didn't expect. When you looked at their uh, schedule in advance, you said, oh, that's a win. Well, maybe it wasn't necessarily a win this year. I think the second thing that happened, it was their injuries. The Ravens actually had more players on injured reserve than any other team in the NFL. These are not just players like you and I might say, okay, well, everybody gets injuries. Yes, they do. But does every team lose their starting quarterback, their starting future Hall of Fame wide receiver, their starting Pro Bowl running back, their starting uh, future Hall of Fame linebacker, uh, a couple of guys in the secondary? I mean, when you look at all of the guys they lost, it uh, really needed positions. You can say, okay, that makes sense. But the thing I really love about this team, Rick, is that not only were they injured, but they kept fighting even beyond the injuries. This team lost 11 games, but nine of those 11 losses were by eight points or less, meaning all they needed was a touchdown and a two-point conversion to take the lead in these games, even with 20 guys on injured reserve. The Ravens have really had a number of offensive coordinators over the last few years. Now, in fairness, they've been guys like Cam Cameron, Jim Caldwell, Gary Kubiak, guys who were and are head coaches in the league. But now, after one year of Mark Tressman, the offense never really seemed in sync. It seemed to struggle at times. Does the carousel continue, or is Tressman's job there safe? I sure hope it doesn't continue in Baltimore, because what Joe Flacco, the quarterback, needs is he needs some consistency. Uh, he's been through so many coordinators, as you just mentioned. You know, not many guys can succeed when you have a new coach every year. I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. They get a new mm-hmm. head coach every year. That's why they can't succeed. Um, but I think it wasn't so much Tressman that, uh, that struggled there. And, you know, you and I might say, hey, it looks like the offense struggled. But believe it or not, the Ravens finished 90 yards shy of breaking their single-season team record for total yards. So even without their quarterback for most of the season and without their wide receiver and tight end and wide re- uh, and running back, this team had the second most successful season in franchise history on offense. So I think Mark Trestman is safe. I hope he's safe because I want to see consistency on offense for the next couple of years because I don't think Joe Flacco has reached his peak yet because he hasn't had the um, the ability to do so because of so many changes around him. Of course, prior to Baltimore, Mark Tressman was the head coach with the Chicago Bears. 
And the Ravens obviously have a reputation for having their offensive coordinators move on to head coaching positions with other teams. Have you heard of Trestman's name being linked to any of the head coaching vacancies around the league? Not that I have heard. There was talk that maybe he might go to an offense, another offensive coordinator job. I don't think the Ravens would let him leave. The only way Trestman leaves is if he gets hired as a, as a head coach. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's two other, too many other quality candidates out there that they're not going to look at Trustman this year. You made mention of the fight that's in this Ravens team and how they were in just about every game they played this year. In spite of the many injuries and the number of tough losses that they endured, has this been the best coaching job of his career by John Harbaugh? Honestly, I believe so. I mean, they won a Super Bowl under Harbaugh. They've gone to the playoffs in the majority of his years. A lot of people have said, you know, the, the Flacco-Harbaugh team has been very good, and it has. But when I look back on this season, I see a guy who has kept this team together like no one else. Just for instance, the Philadelphia Eagles, they had a better record at the end of the year than the Ravens. But in the middle of their season, they had people grumbling about their head coach. You had players holding closed-door meetings. You had a player going to the owner and saying, I want our coach out. And then they ended up firing their coach. In Baltimore, there was none of that. The, John Harbaugh kept the players together. And he kept them fighting. They were, they, at one point, you know, they were four and, and 10, I think. And there's two games left in the season. And what do they do? They go out and upset the Pittsburgh Steelers because Harbaugh kept them fighting and kept them believing that there was a greater purpose for their season. I think John Harbaugh deserves recognition for coach of the year. Believe me, he's not going to get it. He won't even get one vote. That's not what they do. They vote for guys who win. But I believe this is the best coaching job John Harbaugh's ever done, and I believe it was a tremendous coaching job for uh, anybody, not just Harbaugh. I think it was one of the better jobs you're going to see. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he ought to be considered for Coach of the Year, but I'm sure he won't get any of that recognition, as you say. It's just not how it's done in the league. We're talking with Joe Pollock here on Beyond the Game, radio host and writer who covers Baltimore-area sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Pollock. That's Joe Pollock, P-O-L-E-K. As you look around the NFL, Joe, which non-playoff team from this year do you think is best positioned to rebound quickly and be in the playoff mix next season? Well, covering the Ravens, I think it's easy to see that the Ravens will be that team um, because of the injuries. If you have all the guys injured come back next year healthy, I think immediately they're a playoff team fighting for the, the division lead. I think, though, outside of Baltimore, you could look at teams that just missed. I think you could look at the New York Jets and say, okay, they missed it by one game. If they had just scored one more touchdown in the fourth quarter of that last game, they would be in the playoffs. So I think you could look at a team like that and say, that's a team that could rebound, except I'm just not sure about their quarterback. I think a team to keep an eye out for would be the Miami Dolphins, and I think it really matters who they get as their head coach. If they bring in a guy like Tom Coughlin, which some people have rumored that to happen, I think you could see him turn around that franchise very well. And I think he's a guy who's known at um, at doing well with quarterbacks and, and changing a franchise who has been down in the dumps. Switching gears for just a moment, we still have a lot of Baltimore Orioles fans here in western New York. The O's have pulled their offer to slugger Chris Davis. Is there any chance he could be back in Baltimore next season? And if not, how can the Orioles replace the offensive numbers he put up? Well, I, I have said, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or read my stuff for the Orioles at Utah Street Report, 
Uh, I have said that uh, Chris Davis will be the Orioles' uh, first baseman in 2016. I truly believe that. Uh, I think sooner or later, no other team has offered Chris Davis anything or even be rumored to have wanted to make an offer to, to Davis. I think sooner or later, uh, Davis is going to say to his agent, get me signed. I think right now he has Scott Boris as an agent, which if you if you know agents, Scott Boris is the big wig. He's the guy who, who makes players hold out for as long as possible to get the most money possible. I think sooner or later, you're going to see Chris Davis say to Scott Boris, I want you to get me signed today. I'm not waiting any longer. Because sooner or later, the money he's being offered by the Orioles is going to go down because nobody else is making a competitive offer to keep their offer that high. Now, you're correct in saying that the Orioles have pulled their offer, but Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, is a huge fan of Davis, and they are still talking with Davis and his agent. They may not formally have a offer on the table because they, quote-unquote, pulled it, but everybody knows what that offer was, and Davis still knows that he can get that money from the Orioles if he said yes. Let's talk a little bit about you for a minute. Now, you've been in Christian radio for many years. How did you first find faith in Christ? Well, I grew up uh, going to church every Sunday, um, but as a lot of kids, I, I was I was not into it. My parents made, made us go, so I ended up going to church every Sunday. Uh, finally, when I got into high school, my mom said to me one day, she said, listen, you don't have to go with us, but you have to go somewhere. And so... I knew a lot of my friends went to this church right up the street. I ended up going to that church, um, sitting with my friends, going to their youth group, just trying to find a place to fit in. Um, I ended up getting involved with this Christian organization called Young Life, and they invited me to go on a retreat to uh, Lake Champion, New York. And I ended up uh, meeting Christ there at Lake Champion my senior year in high school. And from there, I've never turned back. I ended up uh, moving to Maine and working in Christian radio. I always thought I was going to work in country radio, uh, but when I became a Christian, I, I felt like God was calling me to a different place. So I got a job in Maine in Christian radio and worked there um, until 2012 when I moved to Columbia, South Carolina uh, for another job in Christian radio. And then I do a lot of my Orioles and Ravens uh, work on the side as more of a, of a hobby. Well, I don't know how you find time to cover the Ravens and the Orioles. In addition to your full-time job, you're also heard on a uh, on several different Christian radio stations across the country. <laughs> I don't know how you get it all done. It's it's not easy, but yes, I do. I do work for three stations in Kansas and one station in Wisconsin. And thanks to technology, I can do most of that work from my bedroom. I have a little studio in the in the corner of my bedroom. But a lot of that is just I love Christian radio. I love um, how God uses it. And so I've been able to stay involved in it, even though officially as a full-time job right now, uh, I am out of radio and I'm doing marketing. Um, but I'm able to stay involved and still see how God uses uh, Christian radio to, to move in people's lives. Well, we're glad you've been able to join us here today. But before you jump off the line, is there anything we can pray for you about? Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate your asking. Um, I have two little girls and a wife, and I am very blessed. We love uh, where God has brought us. And uh, right now we have two girls in um, in a, a great Christian school, and I'd love your prayers in uh, trying to work the finances so that we can keep them in that school, because uh, we've been very blessed by that school for a couple years now. And so I think that's uh, my wife and I's biggest prayer, is that we can just uh, continue to do whatever we can to keep them in that school. 
He's Joe Pollock. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Pollock, P-O-L-E-K. Thanks so much for coming on the program and spending time with us, Joe. Thanks, Rick. We've been talking with Joe Pollock on the BTG studio line. He covers the Ravens and the Orioles. You can find him at either the Russell Street Report or the Utah Street Report, and you can follow him on Twitter at Joe Pollock. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.